Welcome to the weekly, a podcast from Calvary Bible Church, where we look to connect the events of the weekend with our lives lived Monday through Friday. My name is Zach Thompson. I am on staff here at Calvary, and I'm also here with Pastor Jay Ewing. Hello. Stop hogging the mic because we got to get to the star of the show. We're also here with Melissa Christensen. I'm Calvary's seventh favorite podcaster. I just so you are one of my favorite podcasters in general. Well, let alone but just you bring Calvary. up my average. Otherwise, I would have been like Calvary's tenth favorite. Mm, gotcha. <laughs> What's this podcast that you do? Uh, Jay and I have a book list podcast that we do once a month. So I didn't realize Jay was on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to tell because I talk so much, yeah. but every once in a while, I let him exactly. get Exactly. I just hit the button, hit record. Yeah. Just Jay, sit back. I'm so happy to see you. How are you doing? I have some grievances with you. What's oh, that? Oh, man. This is the podcast of grievances. Ugh. Oh, no. Hey, guys, I don't like conflicts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sit in the middle of this. Melissa, what would I tell you if someone had an empty coffee mug and you said, hey, I have some beans, get, a, get you a French press, and that individual said, no, no, no. I'm going to go to the Keurig because it's quick and easy. How would that have been, Jay? Oh, I thought we were talking about me. I and know. I would say, I'm that's fine. I don't up. like coffee yeah, anyway. Yeah. That's super offensive to Jay. Yeah, don't. Well, let me yeah. think of he how insulted I would, my cattle in my family history. In this hypothetical situation. <laughs> uh, I would see that as, wow, this person just is really considerate of my possessions. And while I have offered it to the, this individual, hypothetically, uh, it's so kind that they, they wouldn't just impose themselves onto my possession. Oh, mm. man, I, I appreciate that person who went for the Keurig in this hypothetical situation. I uh, mean, why would you ever drink that stuff? Like... This is why Only in desperation. This is why it's important to walk a mile in another person's shoe. Yeah. Right now that's you're cool. gaining the right. perspective of Zach and what he was thinking, and now Zach understands your perspective a little that's more. That's right. Hey, speaking of perspective, we're just gonna talk about what's happening at Calvary here at CalvaryBible.com. You like that segue? <laughs> that was uh, not not so much because I wish that you would come to me in like a biblical sense of yeah. airing out your grievances <laughs> instead of going to our thousands of listeners. Uh, they're not your your own psychologist. Yeah, they are. Talk to me. Okay. Sorry, my friend. What's coming up? Hey, CalvaryBible.com slash events. we got a great happenings here at Calvary in the month of July. You want to get connected, go there. Find out how you can get connected there. Um, also check out the mobile bulletin. You can also choose from your campus, whatever campus you reside in, what's happening on your campus. I actually see something really cool happening in Thornton. What's happening on the 4th of July in Thornton? So, uh, we are going to be having Sunday services at nine, uh, nine and ten thirty, Uh, and that is always exciting when we get to come together and worship God. Right. But there's also on Thornton campus, 4th of July in Thornton. What? Yeah. Oh, I should get on that. You yeah. should get on No, it's going to be great. Nobody told you? Yeah. Uh, so we are... Uh, I was just, like, what? Where's <laughs> it going with this? We're, we're just a few blocks away from the Thornton Fireworks Show, and, and apparently it's been uh, a thing to just go to... The, Go to the campus, go to uh, the park across the street, and you could see the show from there. Wow, that's and, really cool. And we thought, what a great opportunity to invite people to come. Yes, but a big thing for us is we want to get to know those people who are coming, and we want to invite them to come back on another Sunday as well. So if that takes passing out water bottles, if it takes having an open building because there's no public restrooms at that park over there, right. if it takes passing out hot dogs and having inflatables, like that, that is a win for us to get to know our neighbors and love Love them and care for them and and have fun together. Man, so awesome. you have a really busy week, my friend. 
a little bit, but yeah. but grateful for the team at Thornton who are who are making it ha- happen. So Angie Harper is is a huge part of that. Uh, Matthew and and Justin and Dakota and so so many volunteers are making mm-hmm. that happen. So grateful for all their help. That's really cool. So if you're in Thornton campus or you're on other campuses, come out, yeah, and celebrate the fourth at the Thornton campus. Help us love our neighbors. That's Do you awesome. think that we could see the Erie fireworks this year from the Calvary? Just a question. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because it's in a new location yeah, this year. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and apparently it matters what day you're looking for them because I learned that the 4th oh, of July yeah. fireworks show it's so doesn't true. take place on the Yeah, so you could come, technically, you could come sit on Calvary Erie's lawn on the 3rd and just see if you can see them or not mm. and then go to Thornton on the 4th and really know you're guaranteed a show. That's great. Did yeah. you know, actually, I probably shouldn't say this because I haven't researched it very well. So I'm I'm risking here, but uh, actually the independents were signed on July 3rd, so we're just celebrating the first signings mm. of the Declaration of Independence with the July 3rd. Wow! All right, all right, right. nerd, nerd alert. Okay, hey, so we got a great episode. We've been talking about this series of our shaping values, and these are really what we think are marks of discipleship here at Calvary. What we want everyone at Calvary to be growing in to be challenged in. And this week we're going to talk about moral excellence. Which means you must be completely sin-free to attend Calvary. That is not true. Oh, I have we, to change my notes. Yeah, you better change them really quick. I was about to leave the room. Yeah, so moral excellence is we pursue deeper holiness in everyday living. That is sort of the tagline for our shaping value there. So, Zach, when we say moral excellence, what do, you, what do we mean and how do you see it being shaped in the Thornton campus? Yeah, so it's why I threw a little joke out there because we don't want people to read that and see, oh, I must be perfect to attend this church. Uh, the mere fact that we have people that are part of it shows that perfection is not required. Uh, the mere fact that the three of us, well, at least Jay, you and I, uh, are on campus here shows that yeah. people don't have to be morally excellent to be here. Uh, Melissa is, is a different story where she does this really well. Uh, but it's the idea that we are following after what God does. And like all of these marks of the disciple, we don't expect to see them 100% in every person, but it is that they are in those who are following Jesus and they are areas that people are continuing to grow in as they follow Jesus. So it is uh, continuing to follow the good way that's set, uh, that is set before us by the good and perfect God. Yeah, that's really good. So, Melissa, let's talk about moral excellence. And how long have you been a Christian? Oh, gosh. I accepted Christ when I was in third grade. So I don't like to talk about my age. Yeah. You know, so, but not that long. Yeah. Yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Of following Jesus. 20 years. It's pretty cool. No, but that's really cool. So, what would you say? How have you seen moral excellence been shaped in your life as you've grown in your faith and age of? years you've lived <laughs> i don't know how best Tread to say that really carefully yes, that, tiptoe. That i'm just kidding i don't ever moments. care to talk about yeah. that, how old i am um i think i mean it shows up so different in such different phases and stages of life so the one that i'm in right now um where my kids are older and leaving the house and i have more time on my hands than when they were little and i'm running after them all the time Moral excellence, the thing that shapes it the most in my life right now is just spending time in the word and the uh, transformational work of his active word. Like I, I think um, 
when I was younger or younger in my faith, at least, I thought there were things that I had to do to achieve moral excellence. And now I feel it more through the word of God, just doing the work in my heart, Mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that does make sense. It's really good. You know, I think of uh, Psalm 1, trees planted by these streams of water Mm. and the nurturing that that word of God does over a long period of time. You know, in in Colorado, if you drive east, you're going towards Kansas. It looks like Kansas. But on those drives, you can actually see where water is in the fields based upon where the tree lines reside. And I think that's really important for us as Christians. Like when we talk about moral excellence, it's about planting yourself in the presence of God. Mm -hmm. That includes his word, prayer, um, and really being shaped by what he wants to accomplish over and over and the little things, the little acts of faith over a long period of time. Yeah. And, and I think that's right. Uh, too often we have in our mind the commands of God and we must be keeping them. So we put forth a lot of effort trying really, really hard to make sure that we're keeping all of these uh, because that is how we are living in line with what God wants for us. But that's not what we see as the case. In fact, and there's a variety of verses that we can quote and, and what have already been quoted, but even just the structure of Scripture is is written in a way to point to this. If you think of the book of Romans, you have 11 chapters on this is who God is and this is what he's done. Chapter 12, therefore, now you get into the imperatives. Now you get into the commands. Ephesians is the same way. Three chapters of this is who God is. This is what he's done. Therefore, in Ephesians chapter four, the structure of the Bible is because of who God is and what he's done, we live for him. So he is the initiator. He is the one working inside of us. But it does still take work mm-hmm. to follow after him. Uh, a, a quote that the Thornton crew will will know because I say it just about every single week. (laughs) It's a little exaggeration, but uh, Dallas Willard once said, uh, grace is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning. Mm -hmm. And so the distinction is uh, following after God is a denial of ourselves because we recognize who he is and what he's done, because we know that he is still working inside of us because we know the life that he's calling us to is better than any life that we can generate for ourselves. Therefore, we walk in a manner worthy of him. Oh, that's really yeah, good. That is good. So, you know, we, we find these texts throughout the scripture about, you know, God being holy. We should, we're, we're called to be set apart. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of first Peter um, one in that regard. How do you see this playing out over the whole of scripture of like, it continues to be said throughout the whole of scripture that God's holy and we must be holy too. How's that? What's the interchange there? Yeah, so some of that is done for a, a way of showing us that we can't be fully holy without God working inside of us, as we've talked about uh, already. Um, some of it is setting a life in front of us, as I said, that's better than any life that we can choose. Following after God is a feel; it is a denial of self. But that doesn't mean that we are giving up something that's ultimately good for us. It is following after a holy God who is also a good God. But it's also to live in a way that is modeling God's nature to this world. That as his beings, that his nature is put inside of us, we are called to live in a way that reflects him. And so as we are living this holy, set-apart, distinct, different life from those who are not 
engaging in the self-denial, we will look different and it will point to this good God who has given us our life and has given us this good way to live. Yeah, when I think of that, I I think of Jesus himself embodying the complete holiness of God, Mm -hmm. going to the death that we all deserve and on our behalfs. And, you know, him post us coming to know him through faith, saving faith. He really does something that I think is really unique in that he gives himself to us so that we can become more and more like him. And that's a little confusing if you're, you haven't been, that's a lot of Christian jargon. Yeah, totally. So how do you, would you explain that, Melissa? I'm not doing a really good job. Wow. Ask the one non-pastor in the room how to explain that. So I would just say that as um, it's similar to other relationships in your life, I'm sure every one of our mothers sort of taught us this, that you kind of become who you hang out with. Mm. And even when you might be trying to change them for the better, and that could happen as well, but still some of that, um, those negative tendencies rub off on you. And so as we draw closer to Jesus, we see his goodness rubbing off onto our lives because we, you know, when we're reading his word, when we're praying, when we're in communion with other believers, all of those things are working their way into our hearts and into our lives. Like you said earlier, Jay, like seeds planted by the stream and then they, they grow and they flourish and they bloom and show up in so many different ways. Yeah, that's really good. It reminds me of back to the first Peter where um, he says the, through the living and abiding word of God, which he's, he's in reference in not only to actually the text itself, but Jesus himself. Mm. He's totally pulling the John one, you know, was the word. And it says, you know, that this is like um, not perishable seed, mm. you know, and that's like when Christ gets planted in your life, yes, it's a long obedience in the same direction to quote my favorite, one of my favorite pastors, but mm. Um, it's is just that this, Zach? Zach no, said it's, that it's last even week. better. Eugene Peterson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Eugene. And you know, that's. I think that's really what it is. Is you're hanging out with him long enough, you're obeying him and listening to him mm-hmm. and being challenged by him, that it changes you. Yeah, yeah. And and I think a big part of it as well. And I wasn't being as as clear as I could have. Uh, not. It, this is unique and we, it does require effort to do this because it doesn't come natural to us. I, mm-hmm. I mean, some of what is in God's command to be holy, like he is holy makes sense. Like we go up to someone and say, Hey, don't murder. And they will be, yes, of course, totally. Don't steal. Sure. I'll, I'll try my best to do it. Uh, love your enemy. Oof. Um, I don't know about that. Gonna uh, seek to do good for your enemy. Okay, now we're we're asking a lot for me. And, and why is it that we're doing it? And we're doing it because it is the best life that we can possibly have of of loving God in that, loving others, and living in a way that is reflecting Him. So it's the best way set before us. It helps us to ref, uh, reflect His good nature to this world. And without him telling us this, without him showing us more of himself and inviting us to know him in a way that uh, we can grow close to him, uh, I, I like the illustration that you used, Melissa, without us being invited to that, we, we wouldn't do it. Like mm. We would, left to our own devices, we see what happens. Mm-hmm. It's in scripture. It's in the world. We don't have to guess or come up with hypotheticals. We see what's happened when everyone chooses to do what was right in their own sight. And it's... 
It's the book of Judges. Yeah. yeah. What makes us happy, mm-hmm. self-serving. I'm number one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's the underrated thing about moral excellence is when actually the holy life and choosing to pursue holiness actually brings about the best life. Yeah. And that doesn't mean it's the easiest life, you know, but neither is like eating well or going to the gym or, you know, all these things that are really good for us that, or like flossing your teeth, you know, those are really good things, hard things, but over time they really produce something that gives us life. Oh, I like mm-hmm. that. And I want to go just a little bit further if I can. I, I'm, I'm thinking of this on the spot. So I, uh, obviously you don't need to say it. I will. I obviously don't do too much in the way of physical exercise. Uh, but, but thinking of like hiking, uh, which I hear, uh, Coloradans kind uh, of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they let me know it's hi, this <laughs> is my name. Here's, here's the 14 ers I've climbed. Uh, <laughs> but so in those times, it's grueling. Like there's parts where it's like, why did I do this? Like my couch is so much better than this time. I'm sweating. It's so hot. It was supposed to be cool today, but now it's 93 degrees and this is so exhausting. Why did I jump straight into this hike instead of doing one that was, that was easier. And the, it's not just that it's good for us uh, to get this physical exercise. It's not just that there's something that's happening to our body that is making us more healthy. It's that moment when you get to the top like when you are up there and you get to see and you get to experience God's creation, when you have that joy of completion in there, it's, it's not so much of doing, ah, oh, this is eating my vegetables. I got to yeah. do it. But it's also that most joyous of times that comes in the completion of that grueling of tasks that we recognize the joy that I'm experiencing mm-hmm. up here on the mountaintop is better than anything I would have experienced on the couch. And that's what moral excellence is. It is grueling. It feels like it's just eating vegetables, but it is the recognition as well that what we're doing is filling us with mo- more joy than anything that we would revert back to left to ourselves. Yeah. yeah, I think one of the things we need to really touch on as we wrap up in this podcast is that we're not doing this alone. Hmm. Yep. I think in John, I mean, the whole gospel, if you want to read the whole gospel, it's about this, but um, the Holy Spirit's there to help. Jesus has to actually leave for the Holy Spirit to come to help us in such a way that he dwells in us. And Jesus even says, he says, um, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper mm. to be with you forever. And this is an eternal promise for us that in pursuing Christ and pursuing moral excellence and pursuing the best life possible, we're given his spirit to do it in such a manner. That's uh, really encouraging for me. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. good. So the commands that God has for us is the best life that's given. We're not lived on our own to live uh, in following after them. Hey, question for you. So the Bible says I can't eat shellfish. Yeah. <laughs> I eat shellfish when I can. Is that a problem? That's under the biblical authority shaping value, but I would say it's it's definitely not a problem. Yeah. So if we're seeking to follow the way that God commands us to live, we come across quite a few laws and commands in the Old Testament, and this can kind of be a hang up of people in the, well, what am I supposed to do? And you see the, like a handful of years ago, there's the year of living biblically. I remember, I was going to say this. Yeah. 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 Such a great cover. Like keeping all of the commandments that's in the old Testament. And then like you look around in our people, like the frontals are shaved off of men and, and there's no head covering. So like, what do we do with, with some of these laws that are in the old Testament that it seems like Christians aren't 
morally keeping. They're not being excellent at keeping those laws. I don't know. Tell us, Pastor. I mean, you have a pastor in your title, too. Oh, maybe we just asked Melissa again. She's, she gave uh, us a great answer last time. Yeah. <laughs> so, in my mind, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, we see God interacting with people in different ways. In the Old Testament, God was interacting with Israel in a way that was not just inviting them to know him, in a way that pointed back to Eden. Eden, the Garden of Eden, uh, inviting them to model his nature to everyone else, but also showing what is necessary in order to remain in his presence. So he was setting up a social and religious system with the nation of Israel. We uh, are not a nation right now. We are assorted in different ways. We don't have to be part of the same ethnic group now to enter into the family of God. Um, so it is a different way of setting up how they were to live apart, but it was done in a way to point to God uh, in these things to show the very much so uniqueness of it, which included eating and behavioral habits. But it also pointed to show the impossibility of living perfectly after God to yeah. uh, avoid uh, some of those things. I think of Hebrews ten seventeen to talk about our situation, which says, "Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place." Places by the blood of Jesus. So even in this is what we're talking about, that our uh, holiness, our excellence comes because of the prompting of Jesus and the continuation of Jesus being our marker there. And so when we come across these, these passages and it's like, do I need to keep these? It's recognizing that uh, Jesus has created a people in a different manner than what he said. We don't throw away the Old Testament. It was pointing to God's holiness. It was uh, showing us uh, still more of the nature and person of God. But it is different because we are arranged in a different way as the people of God. Even with food laws, you have Mark where there's a parenthetical note after Jesus says, it's not what comes out of a mouth that, uh, or not goes into a mouth that defiles a person, what What comes comes out out. of it. There's a little parenthetical note in there. Therefore, he declared all foods clean. Like it's a a great little note. We have Acts with Peter and the dream of the blanket, um, some of those things. So I think it's a different system. I really like... I know I'm talking a lot right now and I want to get your thoughts, but I really like a quote uh, from Tim Keller on this. He says, in short, the coming of Christ changed how we worship, but not how we live. The moral law is an outline of God's own character. So when we go to the Old Testament, what do we see? His integrity, his love, his faithfulness. So all the Old Testament says about loving our neighbor, caring for the poor, generosity of our possessions, social relationships, and a commitment to our family is still in force. We still do those things. And more so than anything else, if the New Testament has reaffirmed a commandment that it's still in force for us today. So shellfish, we can We're eat okay. those. Oh, good. Uh, and saying mean things about your mom, not maybe so not much. so much. Yeah. yeah. It goes back to the, the two commandments Jesus reduced the law to, right? Mm. Loving God and loving others. Yeah. And kind of filtering, filtering things through that. When I filter the shellfish through that, it's okay. I can eat those. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Great. Especially when we go to the New Testament. Therefore, he declared all foods clean. Yeah, it's really good. It's super good. We want to hear your thoughts, Calvary, of what you think about what we've been talking Shellfish. about today, about oh. moral excellence, bacon. Yeah. <laughs> declared bacon clean. Yeah. But no, in reality, that we know that we're all on this journey together. We're all pursuing holiness together here at Calvary. And, you know, this is a really uh, important shaping value for mm-hmm. us as we think about um, 
who we are and who we're becoming in Christ as we reside in the community of Calvary. Yeah, and that's a big piece of this as well. I know uh, we got to be quick, and I talked for way too much. We aren't left alone to do this. We have the helper who was sent. We aren't left alone to do this because we have a church community yeah. that's helping spur us on to holiness to continue to pursue moral excellence. Just as when we're left to our own vices, we can't follow the good way God has for us. We need people to keep us accountable, to continue to point us back to the word, to continue to point us of who God is and what he's done and how we live for him. And so we need people around us. Uh, we say it all the time, but that's a huge part of this. We yeah. can't do this on and our And the own. more authentic we can be with each other, mm-hmm. the more it spurs us toward that moral excellence. Yeah, yeah authenticity is extremely important for actually spiritual growth. Yep. Mm-hmm. So this is a good reminder for you, Calvary, for us here in the booth today. We'd love to hear from you at the weekly at calvarybible.com. Write us your thoughts about moral excellence, who you find inspiring, who've led a moral excellent life oh, yeah. to those good. who maybe um, need help and guidance on how to maybe live a moral excellent life. We would love to hear from you at the weekly at calvarybible.com. Melissa, thanks for being in the booth. Yeah. We have you next week, me. too, so stay yes. tuned. So Confident exciting. witness. We have, to, we have to record that, and uh, you have to go to the dentist. I do. That's true. <laughs> so life. luckily, I floss, so that should go That's well. Good. Yeah. Hopefully. All right, Calvary, we love you. Talk to you very soon. <laughs>